0: Welcome, everybody. This is the morning after Anna Spray, Josh Wilton. We're in episode two of Revealed, The Mystery of God, where we look at the historic creeds. Mm-hmm. We're going through the Nicene Creed, but it would also cover the Apostles' Creed, which is shorter and used for baptism.
1: Yes, but they cover the same ground.
0: They cover the same ground. The Nicene Creed has a little bit more, which is why we're going through it. We Last week, we talked about God the creed, and language, and mystery, and revelation. All All light topics. It's it's easy stuff. (laughs) Easy. And this week, we're taking the first little sentence, which is God the Father Almighty. Anna, you preached on this, so Mm -hmm. they will have a podcast or a sermon on this. But for uh, for those who don't want to chase it down, why don't you give us a quick summary?
1: Well, essentially, I was talking about those two aspects of God that are first revealed to us in the creed, that he is the father, but he's also almighty. And I talked about what those terms mean. Um, I talked about adoption, that God adopts us as our father, about fatherhood. What does it mean when we say that God is our father? Um, I talked about God versus idols, which our scripture from Isaiah 44 and 45 was talking about, you know, how do they, how does God measure up compared to idols? And just the, compassionate love of God, that that is essential to his character and who he is. Uh, primarily in wrestling with this question of who God is and how does he relate to us is we're trying to reconcile ourselves to the fact that he is father, so he's close and wants to be close to us, but he's also almighty. And so he's the supreme authority that we have to submit to, which is not really something human beings like to do very much. No. How do we carry those things in tension?
0: Oh, that's a good summary. Thanks. So would you consider your adoptive father Mm -hmm. uh, more close or more authoritative?
1: Uh, More close, yeah. Okay. For sure.
0: And how do you think that's affected your relationship with God?
1: Um, I think we all have expectations of our parents that they're going to fulfill more than they're actually able to do. Yeah. So I think all of us go into the parent-child relationship having expectations that, My parent is going to show up for me. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. But every parent falls short at some, somewhere along the way. So like my dad's a really soft hearted guy, gives great hugs. He really cares, but he was also working a lot. And so he was absent a lot and he wasn't able to necessarily relate to my day-to-day life as much. I think every parent is going to fall short in some kind of a way. And so for me, when I became a Christian, being able to call God father and and relate to God as father was a great relief because like, okay, here's a parent that finally knows everything that I would hope that they know about me. Yeah, Here's a parent that's invested in my day-to-day that relates closely to what I'm doing and what I'm thinking about. And here's a parent that I can go to at any point when I need input, when I need wisdom, when I need insight. Um And the thing is, all parents on earth are human and fallible, so they're always going to let us down, no matter how good of a job they try to do. Um, And you mentioned this, actually, in your sermon the week before. It's like the gift of the church is the gift of each other. Mm -hmm. And so in some sense, we can fulfill some of those points of need with other Christians in our community, and that's great. But ultimately, God is the one that wants to relate to us the most closely. And so the journey of a Christian is how do I get to know the supreme ultimate being (laughs) in a close personal way? And how do I manage that tension that, yeah, he's supreme and he's ultimate. And and there's a lot in the Bible about how I am to live according to who he is. But he also has this deep, compassionate love for me. And so how do I reconcile myself to both of those aspects of who God is?
0: The closeness and the distance. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when— My eldest was born. He was three and a half weeks. What is he? Thirty-three weeks, Mm -hmm. something. And so we rushed to the hospital. Emergency C-section. He was a little guy. He was in an incubator for like seven days, and we had to like glue Velcro onto his eyes and have like felt glasses because of the he kept scratching them off. And I was just wiped. And then he had colic, so he was crying all the time when we finally got home. It was the worst. And I remember I was at St. Simon's, North Vancouver, mm-hmm. like an associate pastor there. And it was Father's Day. And so the rector there, Ed Heard, he calls me up impromptu, as he did all the time, before yeah. I learned it. And tell us about what you've learned about God as Father on this Father's Day, since you're a new father. And I'm just like bloodshot, huge
1: baggy <laughs> eyes, and I'm like... Not a good time.
0: Yeah, I've learned that I am not a good father, is what I've learned, As <laughs> this irrationally wanting to throttle this kid with colic. Yeah. And it's this study in opposites, isn't it? Like you get, like Andrew, your mm-hmm. adoptive father, has so many great qualities, and you go, oh, that's what God's like, this is a mirror. Yep. And then you see the gaps, you're like, oh, but God as father is way bigger yeah. than my dad.
1: Yeah. And I think everybody has that story. You have these massive expectations, spoken or unspoken, of what you think your parents should fulfill for you. And then as we progress through life, we realize, oh, our parents are actually human. And that's a hard realization when you become a parent yourself. Like, how can a human being satisfy all of these expectations that a child has? Yeah. And then God says in scripture, I'm the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, and I have this compassionate, sacrificial love for you the ultimate expression of love that's so beyond what human beings are able to offer and able to accomplish. That's
0: right. It is tricky, this father name, yeah, this father title. And we talked about prior where his reveal to Moses is I am that I am or YHWH or mm-hmm. Yahweh as it gets translated. And so it's quite a surprise when you get to Jesus and then Jesus reveals a different name.
1: Yeah, He calls God Abba, which is daddy, literally, (laughs) in Aramaic. So Jews for thousands of years had been so afraid of using the name of God that they might accidentally disrespect him. And then here is Jesus saying, no, 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 (laughs) relate to God and call him the name that a child would use, like the most intimate personal name in our language.
0: And then when the disciples ask Jesus how to pray, He says, "Pray like this, our Father, yeah, welcoming them into His relationship with his Father, yeah, which is pretty profound. yeah I know there's lots of concerns over of naming and and gender and pronouns. Mm-hmm. I always get real reluctant about shifting any of that because God has the right to name himself, yeah, and use whatever pronouns and these are them and i know it comes with complications mm-hmm. especially there's been a lot of bad fathers been a lot of bad men sure so that said over time i've seen people people's relationships with their fathers in particular it's just what i've noticed love mm-hmm. your reactions is shaping how they view god oh, a yeah. lot of times
1: sure yeah and we acknowledge it in the Christian community all the time. Father's Day is a lot more challenging to celebrate as the church right. than Mother's Day. Yeah. And I think you're right, because there, there is some more cultural baggage around the word father and the role of father in our society. And so how do we grapple with that? And it's it really important to me to distinguish Father God as apart from human fathers. So God isn't male in a gender kind of a way. But we refer to him as father because in our human categories of understanding, that's the closest thing we can equate to him being the author of life and the originator of life and the sustainer of life. But I think part of the journey as a Christian is to subvert our human categories to divine categories and understanding that Yes, in my human experience, I might have a bad acquaintance with the word father, or I might have some baggage. How can I separate that out from who I know God to be? And I think that's why the example of Jesus is so instructive and important, because he's sharing stories like the prodigal son, where you have a father in tears ready to embrace a child that's basically written him off and tried to leave. Um You have Jesus constantly making reference to the fact that he and the Father are one and their desire and their plan for humanity works together uh, for our good. And so I think when we struggle with fatherhood as it relates to God, I think turning to how Jesus spoke about Father God is really important Mm -hmm. to, to kind of rewrite some of those scripts in our mind and maybe sort of challenge some of those negative stereotypes that we might have.
0: Yeah. And, and it's possible that even with the worst kind of father or parenting in general mm-hmm. as a backdrop, that it can arouse something positive, a longing for something. Yeah. So sometimes parents are not supreme. Mm-hmm. Like they give too much control to the kids, for example, and then it's craziness and there's a lack of stability. Sure. And you want more control. Other times... They're way too overbearing, yep. too much control, want more freedom. Yeah. And we want purpose. That's what we want from parents, or I do anyway. Mm-hmm. Help see me as you see me, help point me in the direction, give me some, some stability and a pathway. And then on the other hand, some have that, where parents are like, well, we're going to send you to boarding school because we want <laughs> you... <laughs> To be an amazing academic and an amazing human being, but not the same relational closeness. Yeah. So there's also a longing for nearness. Yeah. And that's what we get. At least that's my desire for God. Mm -hmm. Is to be both close, but also in control. Almighty.
1: Yeah, that He exercises His authority too. He's able. Yeah. I talked about the fact that why would, you know, to reach out to someone for or help, who doesn't have the ability to help, is a frustrating exercise. But the fact that we have access to God, who actually has the power to do something about the things that we care about, is a much more fulfilling experience.
0: Creates a different conversation. Sure. It's more like, where are you? I know you can do this. Yeah. I believe you can do this, so why aren't you doing this? Right.
1: Right. And God can absorb that frustration. He's a ready audience for that. I mean...
0: Yeah. And Father is first. That's the thing. God the Father Almighty. Mm -hmm. The relational element precedes the power Mm -hmm. component. I think that's in... We've got a catechism here uh, called to be a Christian. And this isn't unique to Anglicans. Lots of traditions have catechisms that include the creeds. And here we've got... um, Oops, where are we at? Here we go. What do you mean when you call God Father? So a catechism is call and response question and answer and the answer is according to to Anik (laughs) when I call God father I declare that I was created for relationship with him that I trust in God as my protector and provider and that I put my hope in God as his child and heir in Christ it's very powerful Mm -hmm. I think that's that longing for relationship Yeah, and he's going to lead with that thoughts?
1: Well, I was just thinking about those qualifiers for God's parenting of us, right? So yeah, he's almighty, but scripture also reveals that he's compassionate. So he's not, as you say, that example of just a disciplinarian over authoritative. Um, you know, I was talking about how in Exodus 34, like one of the first things that scripture reveals about who god is is that he's compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in love like that's one of the first sentences expressed in scripture about who is god and what is his character and so what the story of exodus and the unfolding story from there teaches us is that god's compassion will always order his action we might not always see it that way (laughs) you know we might see god's failure to act or perhaps acting in ways that we wouldn't have subscribed to as not compassionate or uncompassionate. But we trust that submitting ourselves to God as Almighty means that ultimately we trust that this is who He is and He will act according to His love and compassion. And so even though we don't see the reasoning for that now, hopefully one day we'll understand. Yeah. I think it's so important as we discuss the Creed, it's not just about... I'm intellectually assenting to all of these things about God and who he is.
0: That's correct, yeah.
1: I'm I'm trying to believe into them, and hopefully over time I'll understand some more. But there's a posture that we have to assume, that we are not the ultimate authority of our own lives. And so for submitting to God Almighty, we're trusting that his ways are greater than our ways, his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And even though I don't intellectually totally understand and assent to all that he is doing, I'm believing and trusting that what he's doing is good.
0: You have to, uh, it's got to be that component. I mean, it's brilliant having the father there, the relational element there prior, because I'll just spin out trying to think of, well, why did this happen? Why couldn't this? Yeah. There's had to be a better way. But if it's our father, not just mine, yep, right, then there's a lot more people involved. And I don't know what the best is. Right. What I want benefits for myself, but I don't know how they're going to relate to other people and impact those around me. Mm-hmm. My parents split up when I was grade twelve, and so I went off to university, and they both started new families shortly after. And there had been a narrative in my home that they were never going to get divorced, no mm-hmm. matter what, even if they couldn't stand one another, because it's wrong, and and they're both Christian. So it was quite a shock when that came to pass. Yeah. And as they're off starting new families, and I had younger siblings, and so they got more of the attention. I was the only one to go off to university. But I felt like it was an abrupt adulthood. Yeah. And where are my parents? And because my dad was more of the central figure in the family, Mm -hmm. and he held both of these. He was definitely almighty, (laughs) (laughs) but he was also... Very close, but I would say in a weird sort of bipolar sort of way. He's not like clinically bipolar, but that yeah. was my experience of it as a child. Is yeah. like really close until he's mad. Hmm. Then it was too much. Hmm. So I'm dealing with this, and as I started to come to faith myself and have encounters with God and Christ, and there was a church that met out in an orange grange out in Custard, Washington, mm-hmm. Custer, and just north of Bellingham. And I remember one time— When I showed up, I was just feeling rotten. And they said, hey, anybody who wants prayer, come on up. It was like, we'll have some extended music and we'll pray for you. I don't know, church are like 60 people. And so I go up there, and I'm at the front of the line. Maybe there's eight people to get prayed for. And there's this guy, I don't remember his name. Mm -hmm. He's got a goatee. He's got a tweed jacket with leather arm (laughs) arm patches. And he goes, Josh, God told me to pray for you. So don't go. We'll get back to you. And so we went through the rest of the line, and there'd be a group of people laying hands on mm-hmm. and praying. It was, it was impactful. And by the time he got back to me, he puts his hands on my forehead, and I thought he had a, like, God told him to pray something specific. No, it was, it was just empty silence there for, like, five seconds, which is <laughs> an hour in prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and he says, Josh, I am the Lord your God says, I am your father. I will never abandon you. Hmm. And I was just, boom, leveled me. Yeah, Because there was such a strong sense that my dad had left. Yeah. It was, it's, that was the thing. It wasn't even, I've got a plan for you. Yeah. You know, it was, I'm here with you. Yeah. And from that came the trust and a plan. Yeah. Which then gets exercised over decades. Yeah. It was powerful. Yeah.
1: For me, it was Psalm 139. Hmm. I formed you in the secret place. I, I knew you. Yeah. <laughs> this idea that God knows us before we're even conceived and born. So as a child of adoption, all that information that wasn't ac- accessible for me, God, his foreknowledge of me began before even human beings entered the story. Yeah. So, yeah, there's this idea that, wow, God the Father knows me intimately in in more ways than any of my human parents could possibly know me. Yeah. And so when I am looking for my purpose, wisdom, discernment, who better to appeal to than the one that knows not only who I am, but what I need. Yeah. So like in your experience you needed to hear that that yep. there was a parent that would be around and be present. In my experience, I needed to know that there was someone who knew me better, who knew me more completely than I could know myself.
0: It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a range, and it frees us from putting too much expectation exactly. on our parents, which is obviously evident because of the way you preface this whole thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that experience or frame of reference to kind of detach from their parents and go, well, they did their best, and they were good in these ways, but not perfect.
1: Yeah. And that's true for all of us.
0: Yeah, better be.
1: I mean, those of us that parent, our parents, (laughs) would be pretty frightening if perfection was possible. Because I'm not going to get there.
0: And nope, nope. And
1: there's a lot of discussion in Christian circles these days about being reparented by God, Hmm. whether through the Christian community or through spiritual direction. This idea that whatever lack we experienced as a child, that God more than wants to make up for that. And so as we give ourselves to him as his children and submit to his authority and allow him to rewrite some of those relational grooves that were damaged or disrupted, um, and that is from that experience that we gain our self-understanding, that we gain a sense of what is the model of love that God wants me to follow? And how can I understand that for my own life?
0: Yeah. And here's this. Why do you call God the Father Almighty? I call the Father Almighty because He has power over everything and accomplishes everything He wills. And together with His Son and Holy Spirit, the Father is all-knowing and ever-present in every place. hmm I don't know. That's a tough pill. That one's harder for me than the father one.
1: See, I listen to that and I go, Oh, phew! thank goodness. <laughs> that's a great relief. Yeah. That the God, the father is present in every place. Great. So there's nowhere I can go that he isn't already there. That's the
0: Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you back up and try to think about the state of the world and the state of my life or your life, that's where I start spinning out. Cause I don't know. Does it, It doesn't look like he has, but why does it seem like I want people to know him more than he does? Why does it seem like I want people to be healed more than he does? Then I have to go back. That's why I have to go back to the Father. Yeah, Always back to the Father. And as we see, the creed is way more than just this first sentence. Mm -hmm. This is the opening. Then we get to see the Son. Then we get to see the Spirit, and we get to see the work and the promises.
1: And the job of the Son and the Spirit is to reveal the Father.
0: Reveal the Father, yeah. yeah.
1: So as we explore that aspect of the Trinity, we learn more about who the Father is.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. Do you have any other final words?
1: You know, the thing I wanted to say to everybody on Sunday I didn't get a chance to was, are we able to trust God and embrace Him as our Father and as Almighty are we able to receive him? And maybe it's the case of we really struggle to believe that God loves us. Hmm. Maybe it's that closeness aspect that we struggle with. Or maybe it's the almighty aspect. You know, why would I submit to an almighty, <laughs> ultimate, all knowing God? I don't, I might not really trust who he is. Uh, and some of that sort of baggage that we spoke about am i carting that around so much that i allow for my negative human experiences to impact how i see god yeah so how can i lay those things down and actually receive god who he is and even though i don't understand (laughs) all of who he is i'm i'm saying the creed trusting and believing that i'm that i'm my understanding of my faith is
0: going to grow over time and that's the point of security yeah, I can't remember. Early on, it was maybe just two years into the church plant, and we did a conference with a couple other church plants. And I remember coming back, and the feedback was, the speaker they had was too American, and I can't remember what it was. But it seemed really an immature response and not being able to receive what was taught mm-hmm. and shared. It was focused on the things that were different and uncomfortable. And I, I just... I just remember thinking, these people, those 25 or so that were there, they do not, they're not assured that God loves them. They're mm. still working this out, right? Because you can see the complaining and, and the focusing on the differences. When you're posturing, I felt weird, so I'm at a distance. As opposed to, I'm focus. okay, because God loves me. Right. That frees me to receive whatever he has, yeah. even from people who are off or Different, more right or more left than I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I've, sometimes I think we preach or I preach too big and not, too, not enough of the Father loves you mm. and look at the Son and know it through your spirit. So I think that's the invitation here at the very beginning of kind of a short essay <laughs> the creed is to remember that God loves you mm-hmm. and He loves me And he calls us together as a new family. Him as the Father.
1: Yeah. And we want to believe in that more and more
0: as we go. Okay, so that's the challenge. That's the thing to press into as we proceed through this whole series. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Anna. We'll see you next week.